into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. All right, Daniel, this is Televised Heroics for this week. This is episode 53. However, it's actually episode 55. And would you like to explain to our listeners why that is? So uh, last week we had a, a very special guest. Um, you can find them on Twitter. Uh, we had Casey from uh, Geeks Worldwide. And um, basically they have a similar podcast. We have similar interests. So he was our special guest and he helped us out on the crossover episode. And it was maybe about an hour and 15 minutes of really informative and awesome information regarding all the DC characters that we know and love. And then after that, we did an episode just covering the regular shows that weren't part of the crossover. So Gotham, um, Agents, and then we also covered The Walking Dead. Um, but for some reason, Mitch's computer decided not to save any of that information. So we lost those two episodes. So oh, today, oh no, uh, it we're saved it. Up. It saved oh, it. It just for some reason, like I went to go click on it, and it just like flittered away. Like it just, it, it seemed to not exist anymore after I clicked on it to to open it up. It was the weirdest thing, uh, and I don't know why, but you know, I've been having a lot of computer problems this uh, last few months. So uh, hopefully, everything will be getting here on the straight and narrow. But yes, that you know, we did have. Uh, some technical problems, I guess, on my end. Uh, and, I, yeah, I definitely want to apologize to Casey and the Geeks Worldwide, which you can find on Twitter at, at the GWW, I believe. So I'm sorry to cut you off, Daniel. Well, no, it's all right. Um, but we have good news. If uh, you want to, uh, you know, hear us and uh, hang out with the geeks worldwide and with Casey, uh, they invited us to join their podcast. So we'll provide more details later. Sounds great. We'll definitely have to uh, get on that with them. Uh, all right. But because of that, we definitely have a lot to get through. I've said that before, but I think it was more than ever this time because we're going to talk about <laughs> the CWDC crossover, uh, we're going to have the mid-season finales for all those shows, plus the mid-season finale for Gotham. Uh, the two last episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which includes the mid-season finale. And then the last two episodes of uh, The Walking Dead. Or, I shouldn't say last two, but the latest two episodes, which I believe are Swear and Sing Me a Song. So... Uh, let's go ahead and talk about a little bit of geek news uh, just so that we can stay in the rhythm and, and then get right into those shows, Daniel. All right. Sounds good to me. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is that we're basically kind of adding yet another... We're Us particularly might not be adding this show to our podcast, but a new comic book TV show is going to be added to uh, the TV lineup. NBC has finally set a date for their Powerless sitcom, which is... Uh, a lot of people got to see the first episode, I believe, at San Diego Comic-Con, uh, but they finally decided that February 2nd 
uh, 8.30 p.m. on a Thursday will be the premiere date for the first episode. Uh, here's the synopsis. In, this, in the first comedy series set in the universe of DC Comics, uh, Ellen, a spunky young insurance adjuster specializing in regular people coverage against damage caused by the crime-fighting superheroes. It's when she stands up to one of these larger-than-life figures after an epic battle messes up her commute, that she accidentally becomes a cult hero in her own right, even if it's just to her group of lovable, quirky co-workers. Now, while she navigates her normal, everyday life against an explosive backdrop, Emily might just discover that being a hero doesn't always require superpowers. So, it uh, also has Alan Tudyk, uh, as most people know from Firefly. Yes. Danny Pudi. Or Pewdie uh, from Community, Ron Funches from Undateable, and Kate Micucci from Garfunkel and Oates. Uh, oh, as well as Christina Kirk, uh, A to Z in Manhattan. So, uh, you know, it's a half hour sitcom, so expect funny stuff. And it's set to the backdrop of superheroes, but I don't believe anybody in the cast is going to have powers. What do you think about okay. all that, Daniel? It sounds hilarious, um, but I don't, I mean, you can only do this for so long. I don't, you know, foresee it having a really long, you know, runtime, um, show-wise. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I really wonder how the how the show is approached. And uh, we do have to comment that you know Marvel was talking about having a similar show come out uh, based off their Damage Control characters, which is a construction crew that's usually. Uh, given the job of cleaning up after a superhero fight, which, you know, imagine if, if all those superhero fights take place in New York city, someone has to clean up after it. So uh, they were planning on doing a uh, half hour sitcom of the same thing. I don't know if that's still on the board to do. And it would, uh, I would think that it would be weird with this show out there as well, but uh, we have all kinds of superhero shows out there. Why not uh, have two of these? So we'll have to see what happens. I, <laughs> And I know that you I had agree. one story that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, um, it's actually two. Oh, um, sorry, two. So t uh, today they actually revealed um, Daisy Ridley's look for uh, Star Wars Episode Eight, uh, still working title. Um, and I'll post the picture up later. Um, but she definitely looks like a Sith. She has uh, the black robes. Um, she looks, you know kind of hardened like she's seen shit um training with luke and i don't know how but she actually has a scar above her eye well that's some intense training then yeah so who knows uh maybe that's just more does. like uh like if you know how in um empire when luke goes to train with yoda and he sees uh vader inside that cave and then when he cuts off vader's head it's actually his own face and underneath the mask what if that's you know what if it's like a dream sequence and she's fighting oh. a, a evil version of herself you know the way that she could have went oh that'd be badass i like that theory <laughs> well i mean yeah and like I, I have absolutely no idea what i don't i haven't even seen this picture you're talking about so uh i <laughs> i i'm just throwing stuff out there because it would be interesting to find out why i mean why she would have such a scar you know when we we left the last movie she didn't have one and you know so but i mean plenty of things could happen there could have been some kind of training accident luke's been living on an island by himself for a very long time maybe he doesn't understand how to be around people anymore 
<laughs> That's true. <laughs> so or we, she fights Kylo. Who or, knows? Or she fights Kylo and and you know gets gets herself a scar. But you know you you don't really want to mess up the face of Desi, Daisy Ridley. I mean a, that's just not smart money. Oh, she still looks attractive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay then. <laughs> so geeks everywhere can still you know um, have that celebrity crush. Yeah, I I don't know if it's just geeks. I had this conversation with someone recently too. It's like Star Wars is like one of the few geek genre things that really surpasses uh geeks it it people who don't even like sci-fi like the star wars franchise like even just casual movie watchers love star wars i mean it's it's the strangest thing huh that's new to me so i wonder why i mean i it it just i mean okay so like just for an example one of the people i used to work with i mean straight up can't stand anything comic book related, can't really watch any science fiction movies that have to do with space or anything like that. But as soon as the Star Wars movies come out, he's like, yeah, I want to go check this out. You know, it's kind of, it's, it's, you know, uh, it's a, for some reason, it's just, it's entered pop culture by, for so much that it's almost uh, surpassed pop culture. It's just a part of our society. It's a thing that people love. Gotcha. And I have no <laughs> problem with that. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So, uh, what was your other story? The other story is uh, Funimation has uh, finally acquired the rights to uh, Dragon uh, Ball Super. So, January seventh, um, you'll be able to watch Dragon uh, Ball Super, the English dub. And um, I know a lot of people complained uh, when they started doing Dragon Ball Kai um, because they changed around some of the voice actors. But what they managed to do is uh, actually get all the original voice actors from the 90s and early 2000s to do the show. So it shall be nostalgic once again. Okay, so you're going to have to uh, basically fill me in or inform me on this because as I've stated many times, I don't watch anime and I don't really understand it. But all these different things, like you say, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z's, Dragon Ball Kai, and what is it now, Dragon Ball Super... Are they all the yep. same story, just continuations? Is it the same characters? All right, so start off with Dragon Ball. That was when Goku was a kid, um, and it goes basically from kid to young adult. Uh, Dragon Ball Z, um, basically that was a regular anime that had almost um, over 300 episodes, um, and then ba- um, that's where it, it stopped. It actually had a finale. Then... There was Dragon Ball GT, but nobody talks about that because it sucked. Uh, the original creator had nothing to do with it, so that's why it sucked. It only lasted two seasons. And so, basically, Dragon Ball Z Kai was reinterpreting Dragon Ball Z. Um, basically, it cut out all the filler episodes, so it only keeps it down to about 118 episodes, I think. Um, and also, they remastered it in HD, which looks amazing. And then Dragon Ball Super is basically wiping out Dragon Ball uh, GT like it never happened. So it continues from the Majin Buu saga where um, Dragon Ball Z ended. And so it continues from there on. Okay. Well, that that is just... You know what? That's par for the course for Dragon Ball because I'm just even more confused now. So uh, with that being said, I mean, because like... I, the only thing I can equate it to is like Batman the Animated Series into Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Young Justice. Like 
th- though they kind of all have uh, a running connection, I don't think they're all really connected, you know, all that that much. So you forgot about Batman Beyond and Batman Beyond, which Batman Beyond I would say has more of a connection to Justice League Unlimited than anything any of the other shows to any of the other shows because and like, the animated series. Well, Batman the Animated Series, I don't know if that really connects to Justice League Unlimited all that much. Because there's, like, if things that happened in Batman the Animated Series wouldn't have, uh, would negate some of the things that happened in Batman Beyond and, and, and vice versa. Uh, so if Batman Beyond is definitely happening in the Justice League Unlimited universe, where, because you see the episode where they go to, uh, they go to the future and they interact with Terry McGinnis then that would mean that Batman in the animated series shouldn't connect to Justice League Unlimited. That's true. But, I mean, um, I thought that Batman Beyond was a direct sequel because, uh, you know, a retired Batman is training, you know, McGinnis to be the new Batman. Yeah, I understand. I get that. But then you have things like uh, Barbara Gordon is the commissioner uh, of the police. But in Batman the animated series... Uh, I don't know. I think there's something in there that would that would conflict. I don't know. I mean, she does say that she was Batgirl at one time in Batman Beyond, but see, I'm not sure. That's what I'm, I'm saying. I, I'm sometimes it, it gets confusing to me. Multiple Earths, multiple timelines. There you go. It could be. We need to talk to Grant Morrison. Get get into the multiversity. Yes, uh, <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, okay. One day. So uh, are you, are, I, I take that's all the story that you wanted to talk about then? That's all I got. Okay, let's uh, go ahead and get into the crossover then. Now, this was Crossover Invasion. And it, it, our listeners, if they happen to take a, a, a gander at uh, Imagine If this past week, this past week we had Imagine If uh, Character 101s for the Dominators, basically to uh, honor the crossover. But uh, we went over the whole Invasion comic book crossover in that. But this is the television crossover, which uh, actually kept pretty close, I think, pretty close to the uh, comic book version, which also, uh, they but they made some changes just to keep it in the TV verse that they've created. Uh, Medusa is the first episode, or is the episode of Supergirl, which is the first episode in the crossover, and it's not really a crossover. Uh, wouldn't you say, Daniel? I agree. It's more Supergirl finishes her out. That was basically Supergirl's mid-season finale. Yeah. And it's just a cameo at the end with Cisco and with Barry. Right. Yeah, exactly. They, um, well, I mean, let's just go talk about that episode in general. We, we know that Hank Henshaw went to the Fortress of Solitude to find out what Medusa, or to get the plans for Project Medusa. Plan. Yeah. Yeah. And we find out that it's basically a, a virus, a uh, weaponized virus that Kryptonians, not not just any Kryptonian, but Kara's father invented on Krypton to kill off any other aliens uh, that would come to Krypton so that they could, uh, they wouldn't be, uh, like Kryptonians wouldn't be at harm. So they created a virus right. that would uh, attack cells that weren't Kryptonian. Now, hey, go ahead. What they what they ended up doing it on in Supergirl was Cadmus re re-engineered it. I'm assuming re-engineered it to uh, kill off any aliens, but leave 
Kryptonians and humans uh, okay? Because for, for from what I understand, if, if they just used it the way that it was created, I would think that the humans would get sick too, but they didn't get sick. Yeah, I would assume so. But I mean, um, Lena's mother, um, she, I mean, her mission is to wipe out Supergirl. So I don't know why they would re, you know, rewrite the code for the, or the chemical structure for the for the virus to leave Supergirl alive. And obviously, I know why humans, but you know, leave Super Supergirl alive. Well, I would only assume that she there was no way to actually add in Kryptonian DNA or whatever you how physiology, however you want to put it. So she just figures if she can get rid of, you know, 99.9% of the aliens on Earth and leaves only Superman and Supergirl, they can use the other things that they have to take them out, which they have in the past. They've used the Metallos and they used those weapons earlier in the season and, you know, they were doing pretty well. Yeah. So, I I mean, that's the only thing. Now, it it also affected uh, Mon-El. It took a little longer too, but it did, and um, the reason it they, the reason they gave that it took longer is because Daxamite uh, physiology is very similar to Kryptonian physiology, but eventually it did uh, start to affect uh, Monel, which I found really weird because if they have a problem with Daxamites, you would think that would have been the first like DNA <laughs> structure they would try and uh, fight, you know, kill off. Right. Um, maybe, uh, Lena's mom was just hoping that, you know, he would get extremely sick and weak from, you know, the lead poisoning since they did shoot, shoot him in the kneecap. Yeah. Well, he didn't, (laughs) (laughs) uh, basically at the end of it, they ended up, uh, redesigning it to, uh, be not effective to anyone. And then they also used part of it to kill off the white Martian DNA inside of uh, John. So that's also taken care of now, which I thought was very convenient. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say the exact same thing. Uh, We also, you know, we also found out that Lena Luther is more on the side of the good guys than she is on the side of the bad guys because she... uh, double-crossed her mother yeah she betrays her mother she uh told her that maybe if you would have gave me the you know if you would have asked me i would have helped you and she's and she says oh i I didn't think that would be the way and then she goes to help her but then ha 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 i don't i'm not really helping you i'm betraying you because you're a terrible lady (laughs) (laughs) and she they they talk about her history of she's uh you know they her mother never went a day without reminding her that she was adopted and that Lex with her Lex was her favorite and all that good stuff that you know we like to hear about trauma with teen, with moms and their daughters lovely fun stuff <laughs> um i guess you you could talk about Maggie and uh Alex finally kind of coming together uh, Maggie was kind of like but- okay i don't I, I maybe I shouldn't have to worry about this feelings that I have for you or don't have for you. Let's just go for it. And they did. Which, you know, uh, was really rushed because last episode they're like, you know, they weren't talking and when they were, Alex was just, you know, tearing a new one into into Maggie every time. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it was just. I mean, what was the point? Why, why have it for one episode that you know the two of them don't like each other, and then all of a sudden, yes, she does like her. And I mean, you take into account that she was also shot in this episode, and she was seeing Maggie or Alex in a in a different way because Alex was really caring for her. And then, I mean, I don't know. You kind of say that you fall in for that's a, a, a Nurse Nightingale effect or whatever it's called. Uh, Florence Nightingale yes. effect where you fall in love with your nurse kind of thing. So it might not even be I, real love, you know? That's That could be bad, too. That's true, too, I guess. Uh, that might happen and, you know, more <laughs> more drama between couples. <laughs> uh, Alright. Did anything else happen in this episode of, um, of importance? I, I mean... Not, not really. Yeah, I didn't think so either. Uh, I mean, you had some more of them fighting um, uh, Cyborg Superman, which to me still doesn't make any sense for him to call himself Cyborg Superman, other than the fact that's what he should call himself because it's from the comic books. But in the sh- the this terminology of the show, he doesn't have a problem with Superman. That's the reason why Cyborg Superman called himself Super- Cyborg Superman. Or Hank, Hank, Hank Henshaw called himself Cyborg Superman. Uh, however, uh, we did get to see Hank Henshaw and John Johns fight each other. That was kind of cool. That was. And, uh, yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't much else happened in this episode. So then eventually Barry, and throughout the episode you kept seeing wormholes or vortexes or whatever you want to call them pop up, but they couldn't, they weren't stable and they went away. And, uh, oh, was this also the Thanksgiving episode? Yeah, it was. That's how it started. It was uh, Thanksgiving in the beginning. Yeah, so it was. Alex also had to come out to her mother, and her mother was just like, "Yeah, I kind of figured a long time ago," and kind of thing. Accepting of it. So. Yeah, she was very accepting. Which, you, you know, she was. She even. I think Alex even says something about it later on. She's like, "I didn't know why I thought that she wouldn't be accepting. I think it's just more of myself transference onto her because I wasn't accepting of it yet and stuff like that." But. Uh, yeah, Barry and Cisco finally show up, or they can't come through, and, uh, they're inside Kara's apartment, and she says, uh, you know, or Barry introduces Cisco as his friend, he goes, eh, not so much friend, more like co-worker, so we still have a, a dick. We, we still have a very angry Cisco at Barry, la-da-da, la-da-da, we get, we go into the... Flash episode flash. where, uh, you know, it's it's kind of jumping around in time. Basically, the way they're showing us stuff. The episode starts off seeing Barry and Ollie arguing with each other, saying, you know, now Ollie's like, you got me into this kind of, you got me into this uh, mess, and and now we don't know what to do. And then we go back in time to when the aliens first showed up, and then we call in. All the, you know, all the different teams. We've got Team Arrow, Supergirl, Team Flash, and then Team Legends. And Felicity's just freaking out because she's getting to see aliens and time travelers and, you know, speedsters and metahumans and all kinds of great stuff. And then they end up at a uh, Star Labs facility that we have never seen before. Uh, apparently it's some it kind of resembles. Where- <laughs> oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's some kind of warehouse that resembles the league or the Justice League's the Hall, Hall of Justice. Justice. Yeah, that you would you would have saw in the old uh, 
Super Friends cartoon, and then you saw in the Young Justice cartoon. And I think they're in the yep. comic books now too, but it's the idea is that, you know, it jumps around. You, you, you can go into the Hall of Justice and then get taken to the satellite or the watchtower or wherever through uh, zoom, boom tubes and Zeta beams and all kinds of great stuff. Uh, but now that we're into the actual crossover, let's go ahead and jump around. We don't have to stick to any one uh, particular episode. All so, right. What did you think of, of their team up? Um, it still felt, um, like it was, it's each show. What's its individual show. It didn't really feel like a team up. They only used them when it was convenient to be used. Yeah. I have to agree. I mean, for a crossover, it wasn't really much of a crossover. I think it's kind of like when you're reading comic books and they're having a big crossover event, uh, each individual book also has its own story with the colon and then the, the crossover event you know like uh mm-hmm. take civil war the the first civil war that we had you know you had so the civil war story that went through the whole thing that had its own book and then you had captain america colon silver war or uh wolverine colon silver war or spider-man colon silver war right so that's what these right. all these episodes were is kind of like the flash colon invasion and then arrow colon invasion and then legends of tomorrow colon invasion so it wasn't there wasn't i mean we had the 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 story going through the middle of it but each each episode kind of dealt with uh, their own particular thing and then came back to the story yeah uh i want to say maybe the last 15 minutes were and every episode was probably when they went back to the actual invasion storyline yeah i'll get I'll, I'll give you that that's about that's about right because uh at the end of the flash episode, basically in the flash episode what happened is is the aliens land and then they take over the minds of certain uh team members basically everybody on the team except for barry and ollie and the reason they didn't take over barry and ollie was because daniel I actually spaced, and I forgot already why why they weren't affected. <laughs> well, basically because uh, uh, who was it? Someone someone came out and and told um, everybody on the team that Barry went through and made Flashpoint a thing. I think I guess it was probably Cisco. Cisco came and said, "Hey, uh, you know, if it, w- it wasn't for the fact that Barry went back and made Flashpoint a thing." Uh, Diggle would be here with his daughter, but now he's here with his son, and and everybody was just kind of pissed off at him, and said Barry has oh, yeah, to stay behind. Was, right, and that was result uh, of Cisco coming out and telling the team that is result of Cisco finding the the message uh, from the Wave Rider. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the message from the Wave Rider that future Barry left for Rip Hunter that uh, Stein and Jefferson found, and. When he, which really should you just be leaving that, you know, pl- sitting around for anybody just to grab guys? Was that a smart move? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Uh, but you know, yeah, Diggle says that Barry has to stay behind, he's not allowed to go on the mission. Ollie, really stepping out of character, says, Well, if he stays behind, then I have to stay behind. And B- Diggle's just like, Well, then I guess you're staying behind. And it was just like, uh, eh, do you really want the two of them to stay behind? Yeah, you, you feel kind of upset about it, but do you really want your two biggest hitters to just be like, no, nah, you guys stay at the, the locker room because we got this. No, 
No, you well, do not. Well, if you think about it, Sarah is becoming more and more of a tactician, so, you know, they can leave Ollie behind because she's just as badass as Ollie. Okay. So I think that's why they're like, all right, fuck it, we have we have Sarah, so you know she can she can manage the team. Let's go. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't. I, I she is becoming a much better uh, field leader as we we're seeing in Legends of Tomorrow, but it's still new to her. She's still an assassin, which by its own like uh, you know term means that she fights alone. She doesn't fight as a team unit. So. I don't think that she can really take Ollie's place yet. And then I guess you, you could say that you have Supergirl to take over for Barry. Cause like they said in the episode, she's just as fast as Barry, but yep. she also has no idea what she's going up against. She's literally brought in from another universe. Well, Even I guess that's not true. She does she have history. She's heard of it. She's heard of it with, because you know, they, the dominators went to Krypton in her world, but that was before she was even born, so I don't know. That's true too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we brought this up uh, when we recorded first time. So how come you know she didn't say? And this is what you said. Uh, what you know? Why? How come they didn't bring Martian Manhunter? I was thinking about it too. How come she doesn't go? Oh, by the way, I have you know my cousin who's just as strong as I am. Let's bring him along too. <sighs> I, I, yeah, you know, it doesn't really make any sense. I can only guess is that they were very much in a rush and were like, we have no time. <laughs> uh, Even though everything seemed casual once they hopped over. Yeah, once they hopped over, they had what, a couple days to sit there and just train in this warehouse that to, to go up against these Dominators and stuff. Yep. <laughs> president uh, gets killed. No big deal. Yeah. The president gets killed in this universe, and it everybody kind of just really glosses over that that thing. Like, at first, I was like, I, I was hoping that it was a fake president, like it was a, a hologram of the president that just got taken away. But no, the actual president in this universe got killed, and really, no, like... <laughs> They're not solemn about it. They're, there's no uh, news reports about it. They're just kind of like, and the new vice, the vice president, the new president is is here to give a few words to the heroes that saved the day. And just like, really, <laughs> that's it. I okay, I guess. Yep. So sh- nobody fucking better than I. And they're like, eh, whatever. <laughs> So when uh, basically when the the team gets taken over by the Dominators, uh, it's a there's a device that's kind of taking over their minds, and uh, Barry and Ollie have to go save them. But they really, I mean, they can't really they can't really seem to do anything because one they're outnumbered and two they're probably outpowered. So Barry comes up with the idea that uh, if they destroy the device, uh, or someone comes up with the idea if they destroy the device, the the guys will, will not be uh, under mind control anymore. But they, uh, Barry comes up with the idea to basically get Kara, <laughs> yeah, to get Kara pissed off at him enough to to play follow the leader, and as he's taunting her, she comes flying at him at you know whatever Mach five speed that she has, and uh, he moves out of the way, and she destroys the device just in time to save everybody, and as they're leaving, uh. Everybody that has that's on the team that has a connection to Arrow gets beamed up to uh, an Arrow. I, by that I mean was on the show Arrow at one point in time. 
gets beamed up to a Dominator spaceship. And that's kind of where we start off the Arrow episode. Basically, we get the Black Mercy uh, storyline from uh, old Justice, from e- either the Justice League cartoon uh, or uh, a s- old action comics, I believe, which is what do you get the man who has everything storyline. And we have Ollie, Ray Palmer, uh, Sarah Lance, Diggle, Diggle. and Thea, Thea. all uh, in a dream world basically where their world their life is is a lot better than the one that they have now kind of uh, i don't know if you could say that about diggle but you know at least thea yeah. and uh ollie have their parents back um sarah has laurel back and uh ray palmer has his fiance back well he's engaged to felicity in that universe and right and uh Diggle is just taking up the name of the Hood, which I don't know if that makes him happier than not having and not having Lila and his son in his life. But I guess they never got. Well, he a, lost his shit. Oh, he, go ahead. I was just saying. I don't know if that. Uh, I don't. They don't really explain if he has those in his in his life at that point or in that universe or not. But what were you saying? He lost his shit. Yeah, he lost his shit when uh, when when Ollie was like, "We both know this isn't reality. We know something's wrong." He's all, "He's all, don't tell me that your brother is alive. I know that you killed him." And he's like, "Never come here again." <laughs> Which uh, was interesting because when at the end of that episode, when they all have to basically fight their demons, that's who uh, uh, Diggle has to fight. Is Diggle fight? Yeah, he fights uh, Andy. Uh, Thea has to fight Malcolm. Uh, th- Ollie has to fight Damien. Or Slade, actually. Di- Sarah okay. has to fight Damien. Right, right, yes, yeah, yeah, that's right. And then, uh, I think that was, yeah, that was everybody. Oh, Ray, who did Ray have to fight? Oh, he just, he fought a random uh, Deathstroke guy who uh, probably was the one that killed his wife because that's the reason why Ray Palmer came to, or became a thing in the second season or was it third season i want to say probably third season yeah that's because his wife was killed uh when deathstroke and his minions took over star city yeah i would say that's the third season yeah that sounds about right yeah so because that that kind of confused me in that fight scene i was like why is there two guys with deathstroke masks on I was like, oh, the other guy is probably supposed to be the guy that killed uh, his wife or his fiance. Right. And, um, you know, I just want to say this is probably like the closest thing we're ever going to get to a Black Canary and fucking Oliver relationship. Yeah, more than likely because, uh, you know, they've one, they really cut her out with the Felicity storyline. And then two, they actually did cut her out when they killed her off the show. So. Yeah, we might not actually get a Black Canary Green Arrow uh, wedding in the future of the show. If the show goes on past season five, I don't know if I've actually heard if they've renewed it for season six. Have you? No, I haven't heard anything. Yeah, neither have I. So, but I, I, I mean, I hope they do. Obviously, um, what, uh, uh, what did you think about the the universe they they, they created? Do you think that Thea, like? Cause she's the one that holds out. She at the time at the time when Ollie's trying to gather everybody to leave, he's like, she's like, oh, I knew that this is a fake world, 
but I want to stay here because these the, the people that I love are here. And, you know, they have to convince her that they're not actually there. It's just in your brain. It's just in your mind. Like, when do you think that she figured it out? Probably when Malcolm was, you know, being a friend. Yeah, you know, that's probably probably true. She Like, the way they, they kind of showed it with all the other ones, like, there's flashes of things happening in the back of their mind. So I imagine when Malcolm was talking to her and being friendly and stuff, she would have flashes of him training her to be a... Uh, a killer that he ended up training her to be and she would wonder why she was having those things so she probably figured it out then uh i did i did i do want to point out that when they're at the party the i believe it's the engagement party or the the rehearsal dinner malcolm Mm -hmm. is sitting there talking to thea and uh he makes like thea says oh it's too bad tommy couldn't be here which is his son and the actor who played tommy is on a tv show called chicago med now which is part of NBC's big Chicago shows, which is Chicago PD and Chicago Fire. So uh, Air, uh, Malcolm says, yeah, you know, it's kind of hard for him to get here from Chicago. And she's like, I can't believe he's a doctor now. And he's like, yeah, and he's usually pulling triple shifts. And so, uh, you know, it's a nice little uh, throw out to the actual actor who played Tommy and the fact that he's on another show and and uh, a little tongue-in-cheek, which I thought was funny. Yeah. And I didn't get it until, you know, you actually explained that to me last time. <laughs> uh, uh, eventually, they, they beat their, their demons and they get away from uh, the... They get away... They get out of the devices, but then they find out they're in a spaceship and they're, you know, in outer space, basically. So how are they going to get... How are they going to get back home? What happens, Daniel? Yeah. <laughs> They basically end up getting into an escape pod, which conveniently, you know, sits five people. Or is it six? (laughs) Five people. Five people. And, you know, they end up escaping. And, again, just very convenient. Um, And then they're like, oh, how the hell are we going to fly this thing? And they end up learning how to fly it. And then they end up getting rescued by the the Wave Rider. (laughs) That's right. The spaceship, time ship. That, that we have on the team because of Legends of Tomorrow. And then guess what's the next episode? Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, these, these were a couple of the things. Like when, the, when, the, when we had the Flash episode, they were like, oh, uh, who was it? It was uh, Nate and Amaya or Amara. Which one? Is it Amaya or Amara? I think Amaya. It's Amaya. They're going to stay with the Wave Rider. And it's like, why? Why did you make those two? <laughs> Stay at the wave ride, don't you? Shouldn't you have all the help that you can you can get to uh, defeat these aliens? And why would the two of them be like, yeah, sure, we'll stay here, just watching the ship for no apparent reason, uh, while you guys go and save I mean, the world? I, w- I mean, it makes sense for for Nate to stay behind only because you know he's the newest recruit. He ha- doesn't have that much experience in battle, but they could have used Amaya, especially with their uh, with their fucking uh, totem. That gives her powers and shit. I'll have to, you know, I want to get into that more too with her, her totem and her powers. They don't use that power correctly in this show at all. Uh, at least from what I've seen depicted in the comic book. And we'll get into that. Well, let's go ahead and get into that. In episodes, like when she takes on like the, the, the power of a, a rhino, like she should be able to withstand a lot of bullets too because you know a rhino's skin isn't going to be penetrated by regular bullets that's true or when they had her tied up in a in like in the episode uh 
in uh, when they went to the civil rights movement or the the civil war. Um, you know, she could have turned into a gorilla and easily broke those ropes apart. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't understand why they don't use the powers the way they're supposed to be used. I don't know. They, and mainly all she uses when she fights is either a grizzly bear or a gorilla. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Basically that's it. I mean, there's tons of other things that she could use and she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like Vixen in the comic books uses Cheetah a lot to run fast. And you don't ever see her do that. Or, you know, turn into a, uh, use the power of a bird to fly. Why doesn't she use that? I mean, I, that might be more of a special effects budget thing, but I don't know. They look like Patronuses. I don't think they'd cost that much. <laughs> you know, they're, they're only on screen for like three seconds and that's it. Well, I don't think it's the Patronus part that, that, that cost. It'd be like doing this, the speed of a cheetah, like show everybody to, to show everybody slow down while she was running around them kind of thing or having her fly around, which, I mean, they do with, with Ray Palmer anyway. So, yeah, it should be pretty easy. Yeah. Um, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, then we go into Legends of Tomorrow, and they figure out that they should go back. In, they need to find out why these aliens are attacking Earth, and they want to go to the time when they originally showed up back in the 60s, I believe is what it was. And yep. uh, so Felicity and, and um, Cisco tag along on this one. And uh, because they, they, they explain that they are true geeks. And if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, if they didn't go along, they would lose their geek, geek cred. And uh, I thought I, I did think it was funny when when Cisco went over to Star City and he's like, wait, you guys have a nerd that 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 quotes movies. That's not cool. Or it's like, that's not original. <laughs> and like, I don't know. Have you ever seen uh, Curtis? quote movies before this episode because i don't think i have i don't think so i think felicity's the one that quotes movies or you know reality tv shows and that's about it yeah so i i really felt like they threw that one in just for the show for just for this episode maybe because uh was it it was because curtis says something about uh he i think he says have fun storming the castle right and it's like he's like what you just re- you just quoted princess bride at me Yep. <laughs> uh, so then, yeah, when he gets to go on to the the Wave Rider, I think Rider. I think uh, Nate has some movie quotes that he says, and he's like, "Wait, are you another one?" And, he, <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, they kind of just repeat the same formula in every show. Cisco, I'm surprised you don't know that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, speaking of that, I'm surprised. Uh, you know what? What do you think you would have said of a win? Since Wynn quotes movies and shit all the time. You know what? That's what I want to see. I want to see that show. I want to see the show where Wynn and, and Cisco geek out together. Do you think they'd get along then? I think they would. So you all have, right. you I have, hope you're listening, CW. You have Wynn, Felicity, Cisco, throw Curtis in there, and Nate, and just Nate, <laughs> just watch. And then, like, I like what they're doing. And this is skipping forward to the next episode of Legends of, T- of Tomorrow. But like what they're doing mm-hmm. with with Ray Palmer and Nate Nate and like making them like very much like brothers and having brother brother rivalry and and stuff like that, so they they can just uh, geek out together and stuff. So that'd be kind of that's kind of funny. Like when he's all bro hug, yeah, yeah bro hug, bro hug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so uh, you know they go back in time. They go back to the '60s, and the idea is that they're going to capture one of the aliens and inter- interrogate them. And there's one alien that uh, you know gets left behind or is is looking for the last stuff. So they go to grab him, and then as they grab him, the the FBI, NSA, CIA guy grabs them and says, "Well, now you're all coming with us." And I they never really gave that guy a name. But I think he's supposed to be King Faraday, and you know, which is not—I don't know—I don't know if you know that character that well. He is in the comic books a lot. Uh, well, not a lot, but he's in the comic books where when you have to when they want some some government dude or something like that. He was part of Checkmate at one point, uh, but he was also in the the animated movie uh, Justice League: New Frontier. So I know. Have you seen that one? No. Oh, okay. Well. Give give that one a check out because it's a really good one, but I think is that the Paul Dini one? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, so definitely give that one uh, a try. Uh, but yeah, King Fair. I think that's who that guy was supposed to be, but they never say his name. Uh, when they uh are being held by this guy, uh, they can hear the alien being tortured in the other room, the Dominator. And, you know, mm-hmm. Cisco is not feeling so good about this. So eventually when they're going to get home, they're going on their way home or they're, they're being rescued uh, or they're escaping. They're like, well, we, he's like, we need to help out the alien guy because it's just wrong. And then we get taken. They help him out. They, get, they help him escape. They get we go back to the future. And what do we find out that he created an aberration? That's right. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You can either say that he created the aberration or that what his what he did you know, directly be- became the reason why uh, the the Dominators are there. Because the guy he saved is the one that's leading the Dominators against Earth. So... Which, which is just a stupid reason, because it turns out that the Dominators are just as scared of metahumans as regular humans are. Yeah, because they, they know that... For some reason, they know that Flash created some uh, alternate timelines or messed with the, the time uh, the, the time stream, and that's why they're afraid of him and afraid of what metahumans are going to do. So their whole plan is to basically drop a bomb on Earth that's going to kill off all the metagenes and all the metahumans. And uh, that's, that's their big plan. And Cisco... I think really the only thing I think this whole crossover was for was to teach Cisco a lesson, basically to be like, because he he at the end of the episode he's kind of like, oh man, I did the exact same thing that Barry did. I went back in time and messed with it, and and now now this is what's happening to us, and uh, so now he can't feel so bad about the fact that Barry killed his brother, <laughs> killed Don. And he's like, and we can be friends again. Yeah. Uh. So. And then. And this makes me mad because fucking Dr. Stein is a fucking hypocrite because he gave Barry so much shit once he found out that Barry fucked up the timeline. So we didn't we didn't even talk about that one yet. But uh, what did I say two weeks ago or two weeks before this episode about this mysterious woman that he kept seeing in his in his mind? You're always right. And you always <laughs> will be right. He said that it could be his daughter and... Yeah, sure enough, it's his daughter. It's his daughter. He he had a daughter, and and it's as they are saying. Like he 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 keeps saying this at the end of the episode. He says that the daughter is a direct result from him telling his younger telling self himself. to pay more attention to his wife instead of being lost in his head and in his thoughts all the time. And uh, because of that, at some point in time, young 
Martin Stein got the dirty down with uh, his wife, raw dogging it, I guess. <laughs> and uh, it's probably that same day too. Probably, and created this daughter that he now has, and he he now is getting memories flooded into his brain for. And uh, I remember when we first recorded this, you said a little something about how because I basically I say there's no there's no way of Stein old Stein to to really know that if this this is is this is because of what he said or because of what Barry did, but you said something about the fact that when he asked for his wife, his his daughter really just blew it off and said, "Haha, you know you can't you can't say you can't talk to her right now." Right, so I so that led me to believe either A they got a divorce or B she's dead. Yeah, I think it was very interesting that one they didn't show her and two they really didn't give us an answer to the fact that if she's alive or not and Stein just doesn't even think about the fact that she couldn't be alive. Right, which is really yeah, they never addressed that ever again, especially in the episode that just came out not too long ago. Uh, when he just keeps thinking about his daughter, he doesn't think anything about his wife. Yeah, well, I mean, he says something about the, the fact that, you know, the memories are coming back, all the new memories of his daughter and stuff. So I, I would assume that a memory of his wife dying and then he going to the funeral would, would be around, but uh, you never know. That might that might be something that comes up in the, in the next part of the season. Right. Uh, so eventually we finally get to see you know, all the teams working together to defeat the Dominators, and you get uh, Stein and and Jefferson coming together as Firestorm, and they finally transmute something, which I've been waiting for them to do since episode one, because that is one of Firestorm's big powers, that he can transmute objects from one state to another, change things from a solid to a gas, or turn uh, water into gold, or something like that, you know what I mean? So finally, the bomb is about yeah. to hit, and they're using their transmute powers to change uh, the bomb into water, which finally happens. And uh, I thought it was a pretty cool effect. It was. It looked really awesome. Um, but, yeah, I was happy for that to finally happen. Uh, and then we have the, the new president giving them all medals and stuff like that and, you know, congratulating them. Uh, finally, we have uh, them partying, basically, at the end, saying goodbye. And we get Kara gets a uh, basically multi-dimensional cell phone teleporter from Cisco because you know he can just make one of those things, no problem. That will allow her to contact Barry or come back to uh, our Earth whenever she needs to, instead of having to wait for Barry to show up. How convenient! And uh, you know, I remember you know Casey was really much going when we recorded with him. He was going off on this whole thing, like he really felt like. It was such a a cop out, <laughs> uh, and you know I, I can't I can't disagree, but I guess this is just gonna make it a way so that they can uh, keep the show tied to this one more. I really just wish for them to make it so that the Supergirl universe was just in this universe, but you know maybe that that would just be too much power in one universe. I guess, yeah, and I mean, if if him creating Flashpoint made it so Supergirl existed on that, you know, on that universe, I think it'd be like, why don't they just get Supergirl to help out? Or why doesn't Flash just go over to, um, over there and um, and help her out when she needs, you know, a hand? Yeah, and I, I don't know, I, I'm guessing that uh, eventually when we have 
if we ever have our Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, uh, you know, that, that little device is going to come into play. Will we get to see... I mean, we've already saw it in Supergirl where, you know, Superman comes carrying out Kara in the, the very famous fa- uh, pose that you have on the, the cover of Crisis on Infinite Earths. But will we get to see that again? Will we get to see Barry have to uh, become one with the Speed Force to take down the the, the Anti-Monitor? Uh, I don't know. That It could be very interesting for that to happen. Yeah. And... Um... Yeah, I mean, I really hope because uh, I mean we still haven't talked about about the the vision that Cisco had with Earth two being destroyed, so that could be the crisis right there. See, and I have a problem with that. Like, how do we? How does he know that that was Earth two? How does he not know that? Because even in this episode or this crossover, when he picks up Supergirl from uh, from her Earth, he names it Supergirl, or he names it Earth 38, or at least the, the device on his arm says it's Earth 38. And uh, I did bring this up before, and when we recorded the the last time, but Earth 38, according to the Grant Morrison multi multiverse guide, uh, is the Earth that is created for uh, DC Generations, which is a very great story if you've ever had a chance to read it. It's a few, I think it's a few uh, graphic novels. But it's basically where Superman was was made in 1938, Batman was made in 1939, and they grew older as the years went along. It was all real time. We had the sons and daughters of Batman and, and Superman, and then they had their sons and daughters. And you know, eventually Superman gets so old that he starts re- aging in reverse, and uh, Batman keeps himself alive using Lazarus pits and 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 technology. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really great story. So if you ever get a chance, you should read them. But it's also uh, Earth thirty eight. So you know, it's it's thirty eight is significant because of Superman. Superman was created in nineteen thirty eight, and we know that Supergirl ha- takes a lot of her, her storylines on this show from the Superman storylines from the comic book. So why is it that, you know, who gives it these numbers? Who who makes it so that these numbers uh, show up when he goes to these different Earths? How does he know that it's Earth 2 that's being destroyed? Right. It, yeah, you're right. It could, you know, now that, that we know it's Earth 38 where Supergirl comes from, who knows? That could probably be Earth 38 that's getting destroyed, not Earth 2. Yeah, exactly. That could definitely be what's happening, and that would not be good for Kara. <laughs> no. Um, I I did want to point out another uh, little little Easter egg or you know funny thing that I I saw happen or you know I think a lot of people saw because they made it a big prominent part but they said uh, there's a part where Felicity and Kara are talking to each other and they and Kara's in her Kara outfit her civilian clothes so she's got her ponytail and her her glasses on and reg- wearing regular clothes and uh, as she walks away. Felicity turns to Ray Palmer and says, it's like looking in a mirror. And, you know, I could definitely say that because they have the same look. They have the, the blonde hair, ponytail, and glasses and stuff. Uh, but she, when she says that to Ray Palmer, Ray Palmer says, you know what's funny? She looks a lot like my, my, my cousin. Now, that, you know, that could be taken a few ways. It could be that Kara does have a doppelganger on, on this earth that just doesn't go by Kara Danvers. Uh, that that looks a lot like her, but or it looks a lot like uh, or, or that is Ray's Ray Palmer's cousin. However, 
the guy who plays Ray Palmer, Brandon Routh, uh, famously played Superman in a in Superman Returns. So when he says my cousin, it's a joke saying when he was Superman, he had a cousin who, whose cousin is Superman is Supergirl. Supergirl. If that makes sense. <laughs> you know, I kind of just rambled on a little bit there. It makes sense. Especially for those, you know, that do watch the, you know, geek hard about this and do pay close attention to detail like that. Yeah, so I thought it was a nice little, uh, you know, thing to throw in there for the fans and stuff and a nice little joke. Um, I don't know, anything else particular that is a repercussion that we're going to have from this episode? Um, sh- or this crossover, I should say. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, at this point, I can't think of anything. Yeah, same here. I don't think, uh, I don't think there was anything uh, else that, like, like I said, I think it was this episode was, or this crossover was basically just a big lesson for Cisco, just to be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be so upset at at Barry, and maybe we won't have a bitter Cisco anymore. We'll have one that's very, you know, happy to be part of the, be Barry's friend again. I hope so. <laughs> Me too. Because I've, I've told you this before, you know, the one that used to tug at our heartstrings would be Joe, and now they're trying to get Cisco to tug at our heartstrings, and it doesn't quite work that well with Cisco. No, it doesn't, because we have a set, I like Cisco, like, they're you know, the change in character for him is just too too big. You know, Joe is, is serious most of the time, so when he becomes dramatic, we're very much okay with it. It's in the same wheelhouse, but Cisco is always jokey and having a good time, and now you want him to be sad, and we're just like, Ugh, that sucks. We just, you know, we want a fun Cisco. So, yeah, let's get that out of there. <laughs> uh, but with the crossover over, uh, that, you know, that's the the end for um, the, the mid-season finale for Supergirl. Now we go on to the mid-season finale for Flash. And we're back to dealing with Savitar and uh, Dr. Alchemy. And You know, if... If I were Alchemy, while Flash is distracted by everything that's going on but with the Dominators, I'd be fucking a lot of shit up. <laughs> True. So, I mean, basically, we kind of find out in this episode that, well, one, Julian doesn't know that he's Dr. Alchemy. Uh, basically, Savitar is kind of taking over his brain via the Philosopher's right. Stone. You know, uh, the... Yeah, uh, go ahead. Sorry, it's because you cut out and I started rambling on. Oh, that's okay. So, yeah, via the Philosopher's Stone, and uh, when he takes over his mind, he, you know, that's when he goes and puts the mask on, and he's uh, once again a uh, uh, avatar or a disciple of Savitar. And Savitar is definitely directly connected to the stone because we see, like, a few times, like, basically. Barry did the research and found out that there, or was it Barry that did the research and found out that there was one person that was, that did a lot of studying of the Philosopher's Stone and, and talking about it and found out it was Julian or did someone give him no, that? It was, uh, it was uh, Caitlin and Cisco who did the research. Oh, okay. So they found out that, you know, there's one person that's an ex- expert on the Philosopher's Stone and it happens to be Julian. And we find out that Julian had a little sister and his little sister died and while when one day when he was at a uh, excavation site looking for the philosopher's stone his sister came to him a ghost in a ghost form and said that if you uh, take the stone out then we can be together forever or we could be together again and as all this is happening or he's telling this story 
Cisco has been having visions of his dead brother. Now, I thought it was interesting that he started having visions of his dead brother before they even captured the Philosopher's Stone. So Savitar knew that this was going to happen and that he would have to put the seeds into Cisco's head beforehand? Well, I mean, if you think about it, um, he, probably, he probably can see the future, especially with what happens later in this episode. That's true. Uh, it's, and it's not so much sees the future that he's actually from the future. Yeah. Holy fuck, that was a mindfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he... Um, oh, I, f- I forgot to, to <laughs> we forgot to mention that uh, Barry goes to recruit uh, Jay Garrick uh, from Earth 3 to, be, to help him with Savitar, or at least find out what he knows about Savitar. And Savitar... We got to see Mark Hamill in the episode again. <laughs> He's playing the trickster of Earth 3, but very much the trickster is is the Joker. <laughs> yep. Uh, He's wearing the white, pale makeup, the lipstick, everything. Yeah, he's even got, like, a fur coat on, which I think is supposed to be more like the... Like, basically a nod at the Joker from the Batman v Superman universe that's happening right now, because I've never seen the Joker in the comic books wear a fur coat, but... Yeah, you know, he's doing the voice, and... It's very much a nod at, at, at Joker and not at Trickster. Uh, but. Right. Or, yeah, so um, Jay Garrick tells Barry the story. Like, basically, he's that Savitar was the first person to ever touch the Speed Force and become a speedster. And eventually he became so fast that he became one with the Speed Force. And he can, he anytime someone becomes fast enough he he goes to basically shut them down so that they can't challenge him for his power which doesn't make any sense because everybody's been saying holy shit wally is way faster than than barry no they're not saying that he's way faster than barry they're saying they're he's faster than barry at the point where barry was when he had the powers like in the timeline point so as of right now wally isn't faster than barry but he is faster than Barry was two weeks after Barry got his powers. Okay. All right. Well, if somebody comes, you know, fast enough, why isn't he going after Thawne? Because I would say Thawne is probably a little bit faster than Barry. That's true. Uh, that's a good, very good question. I don't know why. And and obviously he can travel to different, different you know, t- uh, points in time, too. Well, you know... I don't know if that's true or not. Um, well, well, I know in season one, basically, he needed a Barry Speed Force in order to travel to. Oh, you're talking about you're talking about Professor Thon. On his own. You're talking about Thon. Yes. Oh, I thought you were talking about Savitar. Oh. Yeah. No. No. You're right. Well, uh, Thon can travel to different points in in time, uh, whereas th- uh, I don't know if Savitar travels to different points in time yet. Okay. Well. Okay. But yeah, I mean, he should. But yeah, make he should definitely be going after Thawne because, like I said, he we all know he's a little bit faster than Barry. Yeah, I mean that's definitely what they've portrayed uh, so far. That Barry always has has to uh, stop Thawne and stop Thawne. I don't know. In the first season, Thawne was faster than Barry, but. 
by this point, maybe Barry is faster than Thawne. Huh. Because right. <laughs> you think about him in, in the Flash, the Flashpoint universe, he was able to keep him contained and, you know, and stuff like that. I don't know. That's, that's an interesting idea that you have there. Yeah. Oh, it would be pretty cool if they, they needed fucking Thawne's help. <laughs> uh, it would be it would be interesting. I don't know. And would the and would uh, would Savitar be a cause because of Flashpoint? Because you know, or because you know how Thon was like, oh, by the end of this, you know, you're gonna make uh, you're gonna wish that you know you were you were dead, and you know nothing's ever gonna be the same. Like you're at your timeline, but you know things are gonna be a little bit weird. And it made it seem like he fucked shit up, or he knows what's going to happen. I, I think I think that because Barry created a whole new timeline, like Flashpoint, Thawne knew that uh, that would attract Savitar and be like, because now Savitar is going to be like, well, this guy is getting too powerful. I need to stop him. So that that would imply that Thawne knows about Savitar. Okay. Okay, and I just have one last question. Since and before, I'll just bring it up in, in Legends. So, all right, go on. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so, as we see that, like, whenever they put... And I, I think I might have missed this in the episode, because I don't know where they got the box from that they put the Philosopher's Stone in. But every time they put the Philosopher's Stone in that box, Savitar gets sucked back into the Speed Force. And Cisco makes it a point to tell tell, tell Barry that the box is nothing, basically. He puts it through every scan that he can, every machine that he can, and every t- every machine comes back saying that it is uh, nothing. That no- it doesn't exist. There's nothing there. Which is very interesting. Which makes me want to ask. So, if I have a regular, you know, cardboard box, can I just put the philosopher's stone in there, and it'll have the same effect? I don't think so. Uh, I would think that. The, the box is basically like a Faraday cage. It it, it curates a, a, a area that the energy from the Philosopher's Stone cannot escape. So the only thing that I can think of that I've seen in comic books that would be equivalent is Mr. Terrific's T-Spheres that make it so that he cannot be read by any machine anywhere so like if you tried to videotape him or take a picture of him or uh catch him on a security camera he he wouldn't be there his t-spheres make it so that he leaves no electronical uh footprint uh and that's kind of what the same thing that this box is doing yeah but uh yeah i don't know uh at one point so, who, who was it that who was ahead. it who was it that talks uh cisco down when he has the philosopher's stone outside of the box um, Caitlin, because Caitlin was very uh, sentimental and empathetic. So, I, I I would assume it was probably maybe Iris or or Joe. That what? That talked him down, or was it Barry I, talking I, him down? I thought it, was, it wasn't Caitlin. No, because Kate, um, because Caitlin was very empathetic. Oh, yeah, she comforts him um at the Christmas party. Right, she's like, uh. I can't remember who it was that that made it so that he put the 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 philosopher stone inside the box. Who was it that Savitar was oh, going after? Them? Oh, it was Kalen. Yeah, that's why no, I thought you're it was right. Caitlin. It was okay. Kalen. Yeah. So, which is what I was going to get to is like, do you think that they're going to 
try and give them a, a love story here between the two of them? I think so. I could see that happening for the show. Yeah, I can see that too. Because, you know, see, the last person that Caitlin was in love with was Teddy. And, uh, or I'm sorry. He was a dick. Teddy Sears was the actor. Uh, yeah. The fake Jay Garrick. And before that was her husband, who is dead. So, you know, I guess it's... In, and then ooh, we had Cisco was in love with Hawkgirl. Uh, she went off with another man. And he was also kind of in love with... Uh, Lisa Snart. Yeah, right. Yeah, Snart's sister. And uh, was there someone else in there? I don't think so. I don't think so either. So, you know, the two of them might end up in, together. And I think they're kind of planting those seeds now. So those Tumblr people, you go ahead and start working on it. I imagine you're shipping them already, so uh, we'll, we'll see if that affects the show here pretty soon. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and then at the end, yeah, you see the two of them kind of, you know, consoling each other, and she's making it snow in, Star- in I was about to say Star City, Central City, because uh, it was raining, um, which is just not good. Like, I understand the sentiment of the idea to make it so that it's a nice white winter, white Christmas, but... We know that if you use your powers, you're going to go bad. <laughs> she put the bracelet back on. Yeah, but still, why risk it? <laughs> I know, even Cisco's like, don't. He's like, no, nah, it's cool. <laughs> and then, is it also just like just snowing above the West House? Or is it snowing everywhere in Central City? Because if it's just above the West House, I think that there might be a little weird. Going on. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's just not, let's not forget that Barry went ahead and got an apartment for her, him and, and uh, uh, Iris to live in together, which I think was kind of weird. Like, like I understand that him and Iris have known each other for a very long time, and they but they're just now kind of starting to date each other. But yet now you're you're wanting to move into with each other so quickly. It just seemed seemed out of place. <laughs> And, uh, and now I'm like, okay, you got an apartment. When exactly did you get it? Because you no longer have a job. <laughs> but then he does have a job because, uh, you know, it was only one episode of not having a job, the invasion episode. <laughs> uh, because That's true. Julian went and gave him but his job Ju- back. Well, uh, obviously, I think Julian is going to go after the Philosopher's Stone again. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. You know, I, I can't imagine um, Tom Felton staying on the show permanently. So, you know, I, he's you know he's got to get written off somehow, and he's probably gonna end, ends up dying or something like that. Right. Um. One of the big so one of the things that was happening throughout this episode was uh, HR was training Wally, and you know, things kept happening to the point where uh, it was coming to the point where. Wally would have, or yeah, Wally was just getting more anxious to go out there and help. And Joe and Iris kept telling him no. And then Joe gets mad at I or gets mad at HR, saying, "I can't believe you're training him." And he's like, "Well, you know, if I didn't train him, who? No one else was going. There's so you know, someone else. He was eventually going to go do it on his own anyway. So he might as well have me there." And then at the end of the, after all this drama that he had between, at the end of it, they end up giving him a suit. It's like. Well, what the fuck? Why, why did this become a problem? Why was this even a thing in the episode? You were just going to give him a suit for Christmas anyways. I imagine those suits take a little while to make. You can't just you don't just pop down to Walmart and grab one. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so uh, you knew that eventually you were going to give him a suit within the next couple of days. So why were you getting upset about it? 
Yeah. And I just want to say this too. I, I feel like HR is being more of a father figure to Wally than Joe is to, to Wally. No, I mean, I get that. I get what you're saying. But like being, I would assume being a father also has to mean, you know, watching out for your kid and disciplining them. You can't just be their friend, which is in HR really is just trying to help himself out. I, I still don't, I still don't trust the guy all that much. Like, I think that he has some kind of ulterior motive. Other than just writing his book. I mean, that's true. Um, I mean, they could, that's how they can probably bring Tom Cavanaugh back for season four. (laughs) Is it going to be yet another Harrison Wells from another earth? I hope they bring back fucking HR from earth too, because I feel like everybody needs discipline. Harry. So Harry's going to come in and just be like, Look, me and Jesse are just going to stay here. Earth 2 did, got blown up, so uh, yeah, we're here now. <laughs> Earth 2's boring. Jesse got all the problems solved, so there's no more crime. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fine with me. Harry Harry can come back and uh, be part of the team. Um, and, you know, we, we got to see Wally jump in there and, and, and fight, well... He's supposed to get fight. his ass beat. Yeah, get his ass beat by Savitar. He didn't do anything other than distract him for half a second, uh, so Barry could get up. <laughs> and freaking Savitar looks like Megatron. You know, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. He does look a lot like Megatron. <laughs> um. So who whose idea was it to strap um Tom Felton down to the? to the matrix machine and have him see if he can channel uh, Savitar. <laughs> uh, that would have been Cisco's idea, I believe. Well, was it, was it HR coming up with like an idea kind of, and then like Cisco being like, well, yeah, I can do something like that. I think that's what it was actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was also Barry. Cause Barry said when, when, when felt, when uh, Julian talks, it sounds a lot like the way that, um, Savitar sounds. So I think he put he helped put it two and two together that, you know, it's he's talking through him. So I don't know. I remember at, at watching that part and I was like, okay, so you know, you have this you know, just take care of it now kind of thing. <laughs> but uh He sounds possessed when he sits down in the Matrix chair. So I think it when they and show then he gives yeah, he, he definitely sounds he sounds possessed. But I was just gonna say, I think uh, when we see the the flashback of the story that Jay is telling to Barry about Savitar when he first became, they they made it a point not to show Savitar's face in that. So mm-hmm. once again, you know, we don't kn- know who who the the bad guy is, and I wonder if they're gonna spring it on us that it's gonna be somebody that we've seen already. I mean, I, I think so. Um, you know, you've been saying it since season three started that it could be the guy that played um, Eddie Thon in season one. And I think that would make a lot of sense because, you know, his body getting absorbed into the speed force or that vortex or whatever it was, he could have got shot back in time, became the first speedster, then shot around through time, and now now is back because that – Savitar makes it a point to show that I know each and every one of you. I know all about each and every one of you, and uh, you know you're all gonna pay, kind of thing. What if you would fall 
<laughs> one of you, uh, one of you will betray one another, and uh, one of the one of you will wish that you were dead. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know that went towards that other thing that I was talking about when we saw Cisco have that uh, vibe premonition about him and Killer Frost fighting. Like, I know that we kind of assume that that was the next episode when the two of them are fighting in the street, but I still think that that might be, like, a a vision of Killer Frost being the good guy and Vi being the bad guy, and uh, that's that's why they were fighting in that scene. Which I could see very much happening, and I also tweeted um, at at uh, Carlos Valdez, who plays Cisco, I was like, don't tell me that they're going to make you reverb in, in, on this earth. <laughs> oh, it'd be interesting if it did. Did he respond? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Anything... probably not allowed to answer that question. Probably not. <laughs> anything else about this episode you want to bring up? Um, Barry, basically, when he launched the Philosopher's Stone into the oh, time right. um, time time vortex uh it shot him five months into the future and savitar fucking kills iris so i wanted to talk about that particular thing first before you talk about the actual future so when barry's running forward and he gets fast enough he can go backwards in time right right so in this scene he gets thrown backwards at incredible speeds, and then he goes forward in time, which makes no sense. No, I mean it. it it's interesting at the at the very least because yeah, he. The whole idea that Jay comes up with is that uh, if he if Barry drafts behind Jay, he should be able to not get any uh, friction first, and or I guess turbulence or whatever you want to call it, and then shoot past Jay to go faster, and then throw the 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 stone into the vortex into the speed force but then that caused a chain reaction which then blew barry backwards which then made him go towards the future and uh he sees him and iris out and he for some reason knows he knows that it's only what was it six months into the future five months five months into the future so basically the season finale (laughs) yeah Uh, so he knows that it's convenient yeah right so he knows it's five months in the future. He knows that uh, you know him and Iris are sitting there uh, having a good time, and then all of a sudden, Savitar shows up, fucking Megatron's right through her chest, and uh, <laughs> uh, he Jay then grabs him and pulls him back to the present time and says, "That's the future. You weren't supposed to be there." And it's just like, "What do you mean he's not supposed to be? Why is it that one?" Two berries are sitting right there. They both have super speed, and neither one of them did anything to stop that from happening. He tried. He goes, no, no. And as soon as he's about to stab, he starts running, and he's like, no, I wasn't fast enough. Yeah. You know what? You know when you could have started running? About three minutes ago, when you saw it all start to happen. (laughs) You don't have to wait until it actually happens to be like, no. (laughs) You know, yelling across the big fucking courtyard with the streets and stuff is not going to help. You could have ran Dramatic over there. effect. Ah, <laughs> uh, whatever. All right, so yeah, he sees the future, and he doesn't tell Iris about it, and uh, or I don't anybody know. else for that fact, or anybody else. But he did tell. We tell. He told Jay, didn't he? Well, yeah, he just told Jay, and that's that's it. But yeah, I mean, what's and Jay that... gonna do? Jay's gonna go back to Earth three and be like, "Well, that's your problem." Later. 
And that's exactly what he fucking did. <laughs> like, apparently, Jay Garrick on Earth 3 has been doing this gig for a very long time that he has all the fucking answers. You'd think that uh, Barry would hang around him a little bit longer and be like, hey, will you just like, shed some lights on me instead of just letting me figure this shit out by myself on my own where I stumble forward and fuck things up? I know. Uh, what they should do is uh, they should gather every speedster that they know and train together to try and stop fucking, you know, Savitar. Well, in the in the comic book version of this story, uh, Max Mercury, who is basically what Jay Garrick is, uh, is the one that does kind of gather up all the, uh, the speedsters so that they can train together to defeat Savitar, if I, if I remember correctly. Okay, then there you go. I hope that happens. Yeah, I would hope something like that happens too. All right, so... Uh, Arrow. 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 Yes. <laughs> uh, what did you think of it? This was, um, This is probably... I just want to start off by saying this is probably the best acting I've seen from Stephen Amell um, throughout his whole Arrow career. Wow. What was it that stand, stood out to you the most? The the ending and how he cried on cue and, you know, just how he was so beaten up and so shaken by what he actually did. And, you know, he always blames himself and so does Barry. But the, the, um, this time when he was blaming himself, it seemed a lot more real and a lot more con- connected. So before this episode started, before we both watched it, I kind of texted you and I was like, hey, what if we're both being super sexist about this, about who, who Prometheus could be? And we are overlooking the fact that it could be Barry or Barry, Ollie's new girlfriend, the reporter lady, which I can't remember her name at the moment. Uh, what did you th- what do you think? What did you think of that beforehand before we watched the episode? I thought that that was a really good fucking plot twist. Yeah, you know, and I, and I was like, you know, that I, I think that really could be something that happens. But in the episode, we see both uh, Felicity's new boyfriend, which I can't remember his name at the moment, and Malone, Malone, yeah, and uh, Ollie's new girlfriend, the reporter, at the party, and then right outside the party, Prometheus attacks Curtis. So we know that neither one of them at that point should be Prometheus. Unless right. there's enough time for one of them to change and then go and attack Curtis. Do you think there was enough time? Maybe for the girlfriend, yes. Okay. So, uh, well, we'll go ahead and to this, get to the end of the episode. Malone ends up dying. and So that knocks out that theory. That knocks out him for being, yeah, the, the, the Prometheus. Which is funny because he died wearing a Prometheus outfit. Uh, yep. <laughs> basically, you know, Prometheus played Ollie. He, uh, he or she, uh, you know, made it so that Ollie chased uh, chased him. I'm just gonna say him for right now into the building, and he ducked behind a wall or something like that, and then uh, he came out from under, behind the wall, and Ollie took him down with some arrows and. As we find out that the when he takes the mask off, that there was a sword taped to his hand, and the, you know 
other 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 evidence. Basically, what we saw in uh, the Dark Knight with all those people that were wearing uh, wearing the outfits, the clown mask. yeah, the clown mask. But it was it was the 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 hostages were wearing the clown mask, but not the not the actual hostage takers. Uh, but he, right. oh. he he ended up killing Felicity's boyfriend. Yeah, and he had to go and explain um, that to him. Yep, which was pretty, like I said, that's where you know his acting chops really fucking showed. But if we're talking about female assassins, and I know that Talia is supposed to you know come out this season, what if Prometheus is Talia? That would be a really big twist too. I mean, why is it she has a motivation too? Why? What's her motivation? Roz being dead. Yeah, but that wasn't because of Ollie. That's true too. Was it? Okay. Or was it Sarah that Yeah, it was Ollie that killed that killed Roz on that bridge when they had that showdown when he was trying to take uh over Starling City. Okay, fair Back enough. In season three. <laughs> uh yeah, you know, that was season three. That was so long ago, I don't remember. <laughs> So so hold on, you don't think it's Claiborne, uh, Claiborne's son then? Like they, this episode made us believe that that is who Prometheus is. Right. That's that's who. The, I mean, they definitely made it so that we believe that it would be Claiborne's son. Or did did they say it was a son, or did they just say Claiborne had a kid, and that kid would he be had a kid? So around thirty about now. Yeah, that kid would be around thirty by now. But did they ever say it was a boy? No, yeah, they said. Oh, I don't think they did actually. They said uh, his legitimate, legitimate child would be thirty right now. Okay, so I mean, if if they said it's a boy, then you know there's definitely a chance that this is a per- this this is who the, who it is. If they didn't say a boy, I, I still say that she is in the contention for being Prometheus. Okay, and if, but, if I it mean, ends up being also Talia, if it also ends up being Talia, that's a pretty cool pool. I mean, we did see Talia yeah. at one point in Legends of Tomorrow. We see her and Nyssa being trained together in uh, in the past. Right, when Sarah goes to the League of Assassins. Right. Or League of Shadows. League of Shadows earlier on. Yeah. So, you don't, you know, Prometheus does throw out that line. Um, he's also, what you know, what what were you feeling at this point before you shot uh, you shot him dead? Meaning that uh, Prometheus knows that Ollie killed, you know, uh, Claiborne right where they're standing. Right. And, you know, he made it, uh, Prometheus made it a point to make a lot of, to have a lot of dead bodies in the exact same spots that Ollie killed people when going after Claiborne the first time. You know, whoever Prometheus is definitely has a lot of information on Ollie. And it seems like they yeah. he would ha- he would have had all this information before uh, Evelyn gave it to him, which I wanted to bring up. So I brought up the f- I think I brought up the fact that uh, that they're taking a part of the storyline from Judas Contract, the Teen Titans uh, storyline uh, for this ep- for this particular storyline. And at the very beginning of the episode, uh, the 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 exact dialogue that Evelyn has with Prometheus the, is the exact same dialogue. I almost believe is the exact same dialogue that uh, Tara has with, uh, with, Slade. with Slade at the beginning of, of the Judas contract. Uh, yeah, even to the point where she's like, yes, I know, Ollie is yours kind of thing. Like, I'm not supposed to do anything about that. 
Okay, so let me just uh, ask you this. I still plan on reading it, but who does Slade want dead so badly that, you know, she, Tara would say, like, oh, um, you know, I just want to be there. I want to see him suffer. So who does Tara want to see them suffer? Yeah. Tara wants to see all of the Teen Titans suffer because she hates superheroes. She just hates that they're goody-goody. She doesn't say she doesn't hate, hate any one of them in particular more than anybody else. Slade wants to see them die because his they killed his. Well, technically, Slade wants to see them die because he is fulfilling the contract that his son, the first Ravenger, took to uh, kill off the Teen Titans. Because since his son died uh, trying to kill the Teen Titans. He took over the contract and then uh, went to go get went to go take them down. Okay, gotcha. Well, and did you um, did you happen to see the little pyramid of uh, pictures that uh, that Prometheus had set up? Yeah, on the board. Yeah, did you happen to notice how um, Lance had an X on his face? I didn't. I saw that there was someone with an X on their face, but I didn't. I didn't realize who it was, and I didn't go back to check it. So yeah, it was Lance. So do you think that was on there because they made it so that they he's out of the game because he's at a rehab, or maybe Evelyn just what? put the picture up there and Prometheus is saying this person's not important, you know, exit out because it is actually Lance who's Prometheus. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, I don't even think at this point Evelyn knows who the hell Prometheus really is. No, I don't think she would either. And I don't think Prometheus would tell and her. I, yeah, I don't think she uh, he would tell her either. And, that, and it just seems silly for him to cross out Lance's face when he's in rehab. Because as soon as he gets out of rehab and Prometheus isn't taken care of, I know that Lance is go- going to want to take care of, you know, Prometheus. Right, but if you take into account that, you know, you're supposed to stay in rehab for, like, a, I believe a month, 28 days, something like that, you know, that maybe he's, his, his plan is going to take action within that 28 days, so he does he really doesn't have to worry about him. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know. Okay. It's interesting. So, so when Prometheus fought um, fucking Curtis, um, you know, he did the one thing that bad guys are known for, just walk away when the deed looks like it's done. So do you think he just meant to injure him to, uh, you know, shake him up and be like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. Or do you think he actually thought he killed him? No, you know what? And this is kind of why I think that that wasn't actually Prometheus. I don't think that, I think, I mean, I don't remember where Evelyn was at that moment, but I think there was someone Mm -hmm. else inside the costume, which would then lend to, uh, I need to remember what her name is, but the reporter girl still being Prometheus because, and that's why, you know, whoever Prometheus was at that moment didn't kill Curtis. Okay. Gotcha. But all right. then again, they used a lot of that stuff. A lot of what happened to Curtis was used to help them find the connection with Claiborne. So it's, it is a bigger, uh, you know, game that Prometheus is playing with, with Ollie. Because they found out that you know, because something, some, something that was on the, the, the blade that that cut Curtis was part of a chemical that was helped to connect to Claiborne because he was using it as a cure for TB that only rich people could afford. 
Yep. So that gives more evidence to why, you know, it could be Claiborne's child being Prometheus. Right, but see, once again, the the plan is so elaborate that I wouldn't I wouldn't think that Claiborne's son as Prometheus would leave such a obvious, you know, connection there. Well, he's like, oh, he's leaving me breadcrumbs. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But it's more like, I think it's more like breadcrumbs or, you know, pieces of candy that the witch leaves for Hanzo and Gretel to get into the oven. Right. Yeah, which makes sense, too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Curtis Curtis ends up getting his butt kicked uh, in front of his, his husband, his partner. Uh, I forget what his, was his name, Paul? I don't remember his name either. So, uh, but then Paul was like, you know, is this what you've been doing every night when you go away kind of thing? You go out and you come back beat up and kind of things. And, and at that point, he is upset with Curtis. And Curtis eventually makes his way home from the hospital and says, you know, he sees that Paul is packing up his stuff and leaving. And he's like, what's going on? He's like, you know, I, I can't be around you if you're going to do this to yourself because I love you too much. And Curtis is like, but this is the person that I am. And, he, and Paul's like, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to ask you to be someone different because even though you were coming home beat up, you were still happier than you'd ever been. But I just can't be around you if you're going to get hurt all the time because it hurts me. So that was definitely drama bomb. <laughs> it's a big drama bomb. And that's definitely a different direction that uh we see for this show this show and other shows like it because usually there's the drama with relationships is triangles but this time it's more i guess it's still a triangle it's it's curtis paul and crime fighting (laughs) (laughs) curtis has to decide which (laughs) curtis has to decide which one he loves more crime fighting or paul yep and he still goes back to the arrow cave after paul leaves well, yeah, because he's, you know, yeah, I can't imagine he was going to chase after him at that point. But uh, even though they should call it quiver, they should call it the quiver. <laughs> uh, speaking of going back to the Arrow Cave, you know, at the very end of the episode, after Ollie confesses to the fact that you know he wants everybody to leave the team because he's bad luck and everything he touches is going to die, just like Prometheus said. Uh. And you see just disaster among the team. Right. Felicity is crying and mourning her boyfriend. Right. Fucking uh, Diggle gets that phone call. He's like, hey, something happened. I need you to check up on me. He goes to the apartment and the fucking military is right there to arrest him. So do you think that was Prometheus uh, setting him up? Yes, obviously. Okay. Go ahead. Keep going. And then then Curtis is crying at home by himself like a baby. So where's Wild Dog? What did happen? Did something happen to Wild Dog? I I'm gonna, must have missed it then. Yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, we we Evelyn also revealed herself her, her revealed herself to be uh, on Prometheus's side. Yep. Uh, uh, we and I don't know what happened with Ragman. So Ragman and Wild Dog are just off somewhere doing something. Probably nothing bad happened to them. Because, I mean, Ragman has nothing else to lose. His whole family's been killed off by that giant missile. <laughs> That's true. And, yeah, and Wild Dog. And what? He never. He, he does, Didn't he state th- something about having a kid earlier in the episode? He did. 
Uh, he's like, you're gonna. He's uh, just wait until they get older. Then you're gonna really love seeing their faces when they open up their gifts. Ah, so we know that he has a kid, or at least they allude to it. Yep, and then that's when um, you know, Ollie returns to the quiver and he finds fucking Laurel. Laurel is there, and she spins around and says, "Hi, Ollie." Yep. What do you and you think? Um, and you think that this is basically uh, Black Siren? You know, in, I just I don't know. There's just something about her. The I don't know if it's the makeup or what, but it just it really had to me. It's it screened Black Siren. But what is your theory at this moment? I actually changed my stupid, long, complicated theory to what if um, somebody dragged her body up threw it in the Lazarus pit and thus being black siren of earth one. Ooh. So, and you know, since coming back from death kind of leaves you in that wild animal like state. And so maybe she's just feed, uh, feeding off of rage and anger. That could definitely be it. What if it was like, uh, what if that was like another way Prometheus was going to fuck with uh, Ollie's brain? Like he literally dragged, like dug up Laurel's dead body and threw it into a Lazarus pit, which could be a giant ass possibility. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's that's a pretty good theory. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, when it comes back uh, from the mid season finale, we're gonna see a broken up team, and we're gonna have to deal with uh, there being a Laurel. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I haven't read anything about the the actress uh, Katie Cassidy of whether or not she's supposed to be coming back or not, but uh this is interesting yeah and i i just know from what i've read that she was going to come back um in flash season three as black siren again oh wait we are i mean we are in season three of flash though yeah so it's probably after the mid-season finale she's going to come back which could make sense as her coming back from earth 2 and didn't you know ring any uh you know raise hell in central city and is in in uh, Starling City right now. Okay. So it supports your idea. Yeah, you know that's, that's something that that's something that could be happening. We'll have to find out. Uh, anything else about this episode that you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. The flashbacks made me so happy, but why in God's earth did they when Felicity dropped the pen? Why did they make have to make it look and flashback to the whole like, oh, he's gonna propose to you in the future kind of thing. <laughs> That pissed me off. <laughs> I don't know, but I do think this is an interesting precedent that they flash back to four four years ago, which is after Ollie came back to uh, Starling City. So I think everything I read was that they were going to get rid of the flashbacks after season five, but if they keep doing stuff like this, the, I mean, they could have flashbacks to season one in season six. I would not yeah, be happy I, with this. God, I was just saying, I would not be happy with this. Really? No. Would you, would you like this? Would you like them to have, keep having the flashbacks after, after season five? Yeah. Cause like I said, it could give us more information. Well, I guess it wouldn't, unless it only applies to the following season, but never mind. Dude, it's stupid. Never mind. <laughs> no, I mean you can you can like it. You can have your own opinion. It's fine. 
Well, it sounded really cool in my head, and then as I started talking it out, it sounded kind of dumb, so. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, yeah, we had flashbacks to season one that, you know, weren't filmed for season one, but are now part of season one in the retcon-verse, basically. Uh what is it that you think uh, is going to happen in the next part of the season? I don't think I don't I don't see Felicity coming back. Really? You think we're gonna? She's. I mean, how how connected to this girl? This guy could she have really been? It's like half a year. True. <laughs> I mean, and, I don't want to I don't want to downplay it for anybody who's lost someone they loved, but I mean, come on, it's it's half it's six months. <laughs> <laughs> that's true and i mean uh i mean she did blame prometheus and she didn't blame ollie so yeah she'll probably get over it that's, in like a week and that is a bonus i mean it was ollie that was blaming himself and she was blaming prometheus because usually we get the whole you you know you did this ollie it's your fault and ollie has to be like it's not my fault it's prometheus's fault but now yeah we're getting the whole uh it, it, don't blame yourself ollie kind of thing yeah. Do you think that they're gonna try again to break? They're gonna have to break uh, Diggle out again. I hope so. I miss Spartan. Why go through all the trouble giving him a new helmet if you know his crime fighting days are over? I just assume that they'll get him out legally so that he doesn't have to be on the run this time. Who's gonna fund it? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go ahead and go on to Le- Legends of Tomorrow. Which I thought was okay. probably the best episode of the season so far. Um, yeah, um, I have to completely agree with you on that. I really, I really enjoyed it. We got to see them in nineteen forties. No, was that right? Nineteen fifties Chicago. Twenties. Was it twenties? Yeah. Oh, okay, nineteen twenties Chicago. Uh, basically, at the time of Prohibition and Al Capone and all that good stuff and. You had uh, Ray and 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 Nate basically uh, fighting with each other a lot over what how they should do things, and uh, the the basically the the Legion of Doom as we know it right now, Malcolm Merlin, Damian Dark, Eobarthon are trying to manipulate the legends into doing things that they want done, and to vac- eventually get back the medallion that uh, White Canary stole from Damien Dark. Yeah, and this... I really liked how the villains interacted with each... Uh, with with themselves. They were actually... We, we never see this shit whenever a Marvel movie throws three villains at us and it all just fails miserably. But they did a really good job, um, you know, with everyone having equal screen time and not overlapping each other and not betraying each other for being villains. Yeah. Yeah. True. And, but I also thought it was interesting that Malcolm and Damien are basically being used by, uh, reverse flash to, by, by like he's dangling uh, a prize in front of them. Like for Malcolm, it's so that he can go back and, uh, basically stop the, the queen's gambit from crashing or something like that. Or is that just what he was he was he was offering to, to Sarah? He was offering that to Sarah. He's like, we can take you back to the time period and make sure that the Queen's Gambit doesn't go down. So do you think he would go back to 
he's offering him to go back to to save his wife. Oh shit! Yeah, I mean, I would I would think that's what a time traveler would time traveler would offer, uh, you know, Malcolm Merlin to because that's the whole reason why he became the Dark Archer was because yeah. of his, his wife getting killed. Yep, that's right. Working at the, at the hospital, getting mugged. Yeah, you're you're right. That makes a lot of sense. And he'd have Tommy again. I don't know how he feels about Tommy though. Yeah, but he also wouldn't have Thea anymore. That's true. <laughs> Many pros and cons to think about. Uh, uh, and Damien Dark he obviously is working for him because Sarah told him that you know you're gonna get defeated, you're gonna get killed, and. Uh, Eobard showed him the time sphere and said, "Hey, this is how we're going to make it so that you don't get defeated." So, and you don't lose your wife and child either. Yeah. So there's uh there's all that going on. Yeah, these these guys are working really well together. What do you think about uh Rory, Mick Rory having uh all those visions of of Captain Cold? So here's my theory. What if uh, he's only coming back as a result of the Philosopher's Stone being on board of the Wave Rider? The Philosopher's and Stone see... is on board of the Wave Rider? Yeah, because you know how you threw it into the Speed Force? What if it just ended up... I, I would assume that they're probably always traveling through the Speed Force as well uh, when they time travel. So what if it's on board and he's only seeing the visions of well, Captain Cold? I think that's... Uh, uh, I think... When Barry tra- travels through time, he's using the Speed Force. When the Legends travel through time, they are they are using the Time Stream. It's two different places. I don't think they oh, okay. they exist in, together, and that's why you don't get Wraiths that come through the Time Stream uh, to mess with them when they change history. Uh, that's that's purely a speedster thing. Oh, okay, then never mind. Then um, I thought it was pretty cool um only because uh you know captain cold was trying to be like hey this isn't you and you know whenever you try to be a good guy bad shit happens to you so might as well just end up being the bad guy uh what do you think of the flashbacks you know i thought that not flashbacks of captain cold being there (laughs) at first i was really confused i didn't know if uh he was actually there. I thought he was actually there. I thought it was, you're, we were getting Leonard Snart back and like he was just messing with uh, Heat Wave. But I think at the end of the episode, he's because every time Snart disappeared, it was when Heat Wave was looking away from him. But at the end of the episode, like he's looking right at him and he disappears. So there was, there's no way that he could have just been, uh, you know. Uh, messing with him, like Snart is act or Heatwave is actually having a having hallucinations. Unless they're using some kind of technology, like maybe I don't know if Reverse Flash is moving him in and out of there fast enough that you can't see it, or if you know maybe they got a hold of Ray Palmer's technology and he's just shrinking real quick and stuff like that. Oh, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Like, but yeah, no, huh. oh, no, go ahead. Oh, it's just, uh, no, I was just going to say that's pretty cool. That's all I had to say. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's the, the end game. What's the, the point of making Heat Wave see him? And, you know, we have to take into account that 
Heat Wave was Kronos as well. Like he he's not just the Mick Rory that was taken from Central City to be on this ship. He's not just that bad guy anymore. He's lived almost two lifetimes and had you know has to uh, is is a completely different person now. Like he still tries to act like the big bad guy, but like obviously he helps out the, his teammates when he needs to, and he uh, he might even start caring for Amaya. Yeah, uh, man, Gideon has secretly, you know, been helping out, helping him out too, <laughs> making him smarter. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, that was a good joke. I, I mean, I don't know if she if yeah. she has or not, but it, it was a good joke. Yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously, I, I know it's going to be a thing with uh, Amaya and, and Rory. Yeah, so we'll have to see uh, how that plays out. I mean, she's—it's only so. As I was saying in 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 Arrow, she's only been with Malone for six months. Uh, Amaya has only been away from Rex Tyler for six months, and she's already <laughs> developing feelings for Heatwave, maybe. Yeah, and I mean, they did say that, you know, Maya was going to basically elope with him after that last mission. They did? What did I, mi- what did I miss? Um, she's like, oh, you know, if Rex was still alive, we are going to do one last big oh, mission oh, together. Oh, you were talking about with Rex. I thought you meant with uh, oh. Heat Wave. I was like, what? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, They kind of, they, they really did play... Uh, the 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 league, the legion legion legends team, uh, quite a bit, even to the point where we saw the device that we saw uh Eobard Thawne use on the real Harrison Wells in Flash season one, season one or season yeah two? yeah season one season one that you know killed Harrison Wells, but he's like oh I modified it so it doesn't kill you, it just really hurts. And uh, he was able to steal Stein's face. Uh, but then he was able to, to go back to his regular face, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, he just phased, phased into his regular costume. Yeah. Uh, and while he was there, he, he used the time to um, go and look for the medallion. And then Malcolm was fighting White Canary on the ship. It was Malcolm, right? Yeah, it was Malcolm. Yeah, and that at that moment, you know, because they go to commercial break and then they came back and she's like, uh, you know, what is she? Who was it that she was talking to? They said, oh, what did you? How did? Or no, Stein said, how'd you get the speedster off the ship, right, or something like that? Yeah. And she's like, oh, I made a deal with him, and I had to go back. I was like, what? She wasn't talking to the speedster. When did she make a deal? But I guess that was she. I had to rewind it, and she was made a deal with Malcolm, and she gave Malcolm the the medallion. In exchange for for Stein, right? So, Eobard uh, puts the the medallion together with the other half of it, and some red lights come off of it. What 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 did we see? It was a compass, and we saw it looked like a galaxy. To be completely honest, but it was a compass to find the Spear of Destiny. Yeah, they brought in the Spear of Destiny, uh, which I thought was interesting. Uh, supposedly, the spear that. Uh, stabbed pierced, the side of uh, yes, pierced the side of Christ as he was on the crucifix, uh, dying. So, uh, which has been used in comic book stories quite a bit. It was in the John Constantine movie. Uh, so 
we'll have to see what they want to use it for in this. Well, they said that you could rewrite history if you hold it. Right, which would be part of what, uh, you know, Malcolm wants to do and da- Damien wants to do. And probably what Malcolm was yep. talking about to help out Sarah or get Laurel back. And since we're going to be seeing um, Damien a lot, I hope that they keep on giving him his witty uh, dialogue because, like, oh, a compass. Yes, that's used to find things. <laughs> I, I like that actor, and I can't think of his name at the moment, but I do like that al- that actor. So uh, I'm glad that he gets he gets uh, some good lines. Yeah. Uh, but um, the big reveal. But- so every episode that happened this week in the CW universe uh, had a big kind of like a surprise twist at the very end of the episode. And this one uh, was basically Rip Hunter. We got to see where Rip Hunter is at and he's apparently in the eighties making a movie (laughs) and he's making a movie about himself. (laughs) Yep. And he had an American accent. He did. He had an American accent because he's the director and we see a guy in a trench coat running down an alleyway, and then he's being chased by uh, something. And then the guy, the, the thing chasing him says, Rip Hunter, and shoots at him. And he then trips over some trash cans. And that's when the camera lights come on, and or the, the lights on the set come on, and our director shows up. Says, I, I thought I told you people not to put these cans here anymore, blah, blah, blah. And then we find out that that's actually our Rip Hunter. He's making a movie. Uh, in the 80s about himself about himself yeah so i wonder if he lost his memory and these are his memories coming back and he decided to make a movie about it and he's just and he thinks he's an american i i think he did lose uh his memories um because i think it's oh god um it's reverse flash that mentions him and that's when they cut to to the scene of him so um obviously he was probably running away from from fawn and he got pushed somewhere back in time and he lost his memories so you don't think it's a direct um uh result of the that that atomic bomb hitting the wave rider in the first episode of the season oh that could be it too i didn't even think about it i mean that's a lot of energy and a time machine and all kinds of stuff i don't know yeah who knows what it could have been maybe uh Thawne came in there and saved him at the last second, but then stole his memories or something like that and put him in the 80s. I don't know why he'd steal his memories, but okay. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> uh, anything else about this episode you want to talk about? No. No, I think uh, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty much so, uh, covered. All right, Daniel, we're already at two hours, so I think we should save uh, the two episodes of Walking Dead, two episodes of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and the episode of Gotham for our next episode, which we'll do... The Walking Dead, the three episodes of The Walking Dead, two episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D. and an episode of Gotham, and uh, that will probably be another two-hour episode. So, uh, any listeners, if you want to get a hold of us and talk to us what you thought about the crossover episodes and uh, the mid-season finales, go ahead and hit us up. I'm on Twitter as at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Daniel's also on Twitter. As Daniel Von Helvet. And uh, Geek Elite Radio is on Twitter as at Geek Elite Radio. Then go to our Facebook page, be a part of our conversation and our community. Uh, tell us what you thought of what we had to say. Tell us what you think about anything that we post on there. We post a lot of uh, a lot of news articles, a lot of pictures, a lot of memes. Then go to our website, geekeliteradio.com, to, to check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. 
And once again, I want to say sorry to Casey of uh, the Capes crew of the Geeks Worldwide and uh, apologize that we weren't able to get his episode up and on air. But uh, hopefully in the future, he'll return and be on the show again and we can try once again. Uh, but until then, this has been Televised Heroics on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.